Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the American Rugby Show. I am one of your hosts, Alex Corbacero, and it is great to be back. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, watching on our YouTube at the American Rugby Show, or checking us out on the Rugby Network, welcome to this week's State of the Union. We have an absolute treat in store. We have none other than Darren Coleman, the head coach of the LA Guiltinis, who are on a successful run in this season's MLR, to sit down with myself, Todd Clever, and Rob Hoadley and get into it. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. We've got a special interview this week. We have our number one fan of the pod in the flesh. He actually won a competition to be here, we told him anyway. But uh, no, Darren Coleman, head coach of the unbelievably successful LA Guiltinis this season. Welcome to the pod, mate. Thanks for having me on, Corbs. Thanks, boys. Uh, Long-time admirer, first-time caller. Looking forward to (laughs) to getting into a bit of rugby. Enjoy Uh, your work. Thanks, mate. And, uh, you know, obviously a little crunched in here in in one of the work pods at Giltini HQ, but on the road this week uh, with NBC, so didn't get to film it on the Sunday night, so we had to make it do after training today. So thanks for coming on. Um, I'm going to leave you to the boys to let them roast you, mate, and uh, just sip this gillies and enjoy for a bit and see where we go. Very good. Yeah, I did expect the studio to be a little more spacious, but uh, we'll make do. We'll make do. We're, we're, we're still waiting for our big budgets uh, sponsorships coming through. So, uh, I mean, till then, you guys cuddle up, keep your hands to yourselves and, uh, you know, eyes on the camera. Yeah. yeah very DC, how, uh, how, how has the first uh, few months, you know, been, uh, been going and treating you well in, in, uh, on the West Coast? Yeah, it's been great, mate. Uh, as I expected, it's been an awesome life experience. Uh, been a bit of everywhere. We did our we did our stint in Maui and onto Oxnard, and, and then finally into LA. And yeah, we've just seen some amazing places since New York. I've never been to New York. Had a great time in New Orleans, Austin on Wednesday. It's uh, all, all that I expected and more. Yeah, America's a great place. We really enjoyed it. People have been super friendly, and the the rugby been, has been great. And obviously, the, the added bonus of having a few wins has uh, kept things ticking along well. So I know that you're, uh, you know, obviously from Australia and, and, and was a was a top class player and and, and moved all over uh, over the world. And I I know that when we had our chats uh, a couple of weeks ago, you you talked about Italy and you talked about uh, Canada being there. Um, whenever you were in Canada, did you see you know yourself coming back to the states? Yeah, probably not. Then I'd also want to thank you for that rap of a top class player. I I sort of went into player coaching later in my career so I'd still get picked to play that was about the only reason I, I did that um, yeah but no when, when I went to Canada I actually went for one summer and uh, returned five times so I had such a great time both on and off the field the people were amazing 
and that was 2000 to 2005. So at that point in time, there was no, I didn't see anything in the horizon around professional rugby in North America, but everyone knows it's a sleeping giant and it's a bit cliche, but it's starting to wake now and uh, the world definitely knows about it. Uh, the league here and yeah, if you'd seen our inbox and, and all that sort of stuff about people that want to get over over to MLR and, and LA in particular, it's uh, it's really cool. It's been a great experience and uh, I think the league will keep growing and uh, yeah, and hopefully America gets, the US gets to realise its potential on the rugby field. Now, it's good that you, you sort of touched on sort of, uh, you know, playing overseas, coaching overseas. And, and I know that you had uh, had a stint over. And I think our first interactions that we, we had was um, in an aftermatch game, uh, you know, in the locker rooms underneath the stadium uh, in Japan uh, when you were coaching there and I was playing there. Uh, so, I mean, I, for, for listeners and people who haven't experienced Japanese rugby to, you know, Southern Hemisphere to European rugby to American rugby, I mean, how, how would you describe uh, the differences between, you know, coaching tactics to playing tactics to, you know, people management? Yeah, um, I remember that day I, I took my little autograph book up to you after the game to get Captain America's uh, <laughs> autograph and you, you brushed me, but you did, game, you did give me a beer and that was even better. But, uh, no, that's the beauty of the sport, isn't it? The There's just so many intricacies. The the culture, the background the players grow up in sort of shapes a little bit around what type of people they are and how they play the game. The weather conditions have a huge in, influx uh, or in, input into how you play. Um, there's no doubt Japanese rugby was probably the fastest rugby you're involved in. Like it, it, the game's really moving. The ball speed's incredible. Um I think probably the MLR um, would be somewhere between Australian rugby and European rugby. It's uh, the physicality is really high here, um, the speed, and you're generally always playing on good good decks and good pitches. So there's, there's ball movement. Obviously, the I think the league's probably a little bit of work to do and time to gain some of the, the skill aspects of the game. Um, but the, I'm been most impressed with the coaching, to be honest. Like. Uh, we just got off the a big meeting then looking at Atlanta and, yeah, it's a challenge. Like, teams are well coached. Like, looking at the, the team we're playing next week, you can just know two weeks in a row they defended the same way. They've got some intricacies they change. Um, and I'm enjoying the, this league and getting to know the, the opposition coaches and teams and, and the different sort of personality each team is, um, is presenting. But, um, yeah, that, that's the beauty of our sport. There's so many different ways to skin the cat. And uh, you just got to be smart enough to find the right one at the right time. Yeah, on that note, DC, when you came over, um, for a lot of people, obviously coming over here it, it, or going into any new culture, it takes a while to get your feet under the table and understand the rugby landscape as much as anything else. You know, when you're talking about looking at young players, um, squad players around, obviously you've got a lot of internationals in the squad, but who within your coaching staff has helped you make that transition in terms of looking for those other players that you need to bring in? Yeah, there was no doubt we, we flew blind. Like uh, coming in here, we were pretty much three Australians, myself, Adam and Halsey, that set up the, the rugby side of the franchise and none of us were in the States or had ever been in the States. So um, I still remember doing the first college draft. It was 3.30am and we're in Halsey's garage uh, drafting uh, Colorado players, actually. And um, yeah, there was a, an air of... 
uncertainty and nervousness because we weren't really convinced we were making the right decision. So uh, uh, we had a Reni IE on the ground here. Serenz was good in, in, a, in certain aspects. Um, and I probably don't hide from the fact, if you look at our roster, obviously we uh, have a lot of international players. We even traded some of our draft picks for international players. That wasn't because we didn't want to develop the American game. We just didn't feel we could make accurate selections on uh, mm. proper American players. We, we didn't know them or, or their strengths or weaknesses. Um, and then even some of our American and Canadian qualified players, a good portion of them are, are expats from somewhere else. So we understand that's not what the league's about. Um, we've got an ambitious owner who wants success pretty quickly. So our, our plan was to get, get on the ground, get hit the ground running. Now we've got another year here. We've got, uh, with obviously uh, more knowledge of the area. We've met more people. Kevin Battles on on staff now. He has a good understanding of the collegiate system. We're watching all the other teams play. There's some great players, American qualified players at other teams that aren't getting a run, but maybe get a run with us down the track and and things like that. So, yeah, our goal is to sort of transition that number of uh, of genuine American Canadian based players higher over the time and we feel if we have a successful team and a really high quality program that uh, American and Canadian players will want to come and join us. Yeah, I completely agree and that's great to hear. No, that's great to hear, DC. I mean, uh, I know that's, uh, you know, in the rumblings and uh, all these chat groups and people talking about sort of success or if it's jealousy or if it's whatever the case may be, um, but nipping that in the bud and, you know, all credit to you of that and, and seeing the long-term term play of wanting to have and wanting to develop, uh, you know, local players um, and, and keeping, uh, you know, the ownership happy and, and, and getting those W's. So, no, that's, uh, no, that's fantastic to hear and, and definitely uh, keep, the, keep the critics uh, quiet um, on, on the long term for sure. And I think the league incentivizes that. Like you look at the, the salary cap relief you get from – your academy programs, your youth development, they then also, yeah, it's unsustainable to continually import import players. You've got to produce your own at some point in time. So, yeah, it, I guess, as I said, with our own, and we just, he just didn't want to slow burn. He wanted to get there super quick. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and we, we've tried to do that. And now we'll, we'll circle back around and, and, and look to, I guess, grow the, grow the program from both ends, have the cream on top, but also have, have our depth and our, and our American players like your Ryan Jameses and those sort of guys are uh, progressing through. And, um, you know, I think that's a good example. Ryan James and, and Johnny Ryberg, for example, yeah, they're only going to grow as players. You look at Johnny this year compared to last year, he's just adding a few more layers to his game. He was, he was obviously a, a weapon last few years in this league with his athletic ability, but now he's contributing in some other aspects. He's, his defensive decisions are way better. He even... He probably thinks it was a plan. Won't even fluke the kick on the weekend. I was going to say you've been working on his left foot kick yeah, there, or what? I, I, I covered my, I covered my eyes. Put <laughs> that on the CV. I was very happy he made contact with the ball with his foot. Um, but uh, yeah, so there, there's some good things coming out of him. He's popping up on other sides of the field. He's yeah. yeah so and Ryan, he's uh, RJ's been a, a great kid. So yeah, we want to we want to do that. But I think the other thing, it also now you've got 12 teams, 12 professional teams that are searching the world for American and Canadian qualified players. Before it was just the, the National Union doing it. Now everyone's incentivized. Like we dug around and found Luke Carty, uh, Christian Poitovan, 
two American qualified players, Lindsay Stevens and Corey Thomas, a Canadian qualified. Not here, but we're hoping that sort of strengthens and increases the base of, the, of those national unions as well. Yeah, no, for sure. It's always the balance at first. You, you, you play within the rules, right? The rules are there. So you're going to have as many foreigners as you uh, are allowed. You're going to create the greatest product to attract more more young players. And someone like Ryan James, he, his, uh, he's got three years or four years of development in this one year so far compared to what he's had the last few years. So that's only good for the for the American game. And then what about uh, DC? Obviously, it's been pretty amazing seeing you in the uh, the Coliseum and the SoFi. Uh, how, how's that experience been from you, you know, uh, coming out of um, Shoot Shield? And uh, I know you've been in other big stadiums around the world, but it's a bit different on the American scene, non-rugby uh, environments. But how's it been for you? Yeah, it's awesome, mate. Like, uh, first time I've caught a golf, golf cart to the coach's box. It's... Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like you roll out of your, your, the change room and someone's whisking you away to an opened elevator and you're up six stories and and the view from that that coach's box in the Coliseum is uh, you got to pinch yourself. You've got amazing, uh, obviously, overview of the field. You've got the Hollywood sign in the distance. You've got the city skylight you can just see over the top of the stadium. You've got the flame, Coliseum flame burning. It's uh, it's spectacular. Like, uh, you, <laughs> yeah, you look back on this experience in a few years and go, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, DC, it's it's sort of I, I'm gonna have to call you out uh, because I was doing the sideline uh, commentary and getting ready for my game, going over my notes and walking out of the tunnel, and I see you, you know, mentally getting prepared. But you actually were on FaceTime showing somebody's SoFi Stadium. Who were you? Uh, who were you talking to pregame uh, before that? Uh, before that match. Yeah, that was my, my little boy. That was Jakey. He uh, got a late roll back in Australia and uh, he loves his rugby and uh, he didn't quite understand the stadium. So, yeah, gave him a quick call and showed him around. And, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That that's It's a funny one. Like, we probably feel the Coliseum feels a lot more like home. I don't know if it's a number of games or or whatnot. Um, but so far, just to, just to experience that was, was really cool. Um, but, yeah, we're all... Coliseum's our home ground and we're super excited to get there. It's just got so much history and a, and a genuine oh, nostalgia or, or history with it. And, and uh, yeah, and obviously it's grass and it's rugby marked helps as well. Um, so, yeah, no, they're both great. And, and I do compliment Gilly for what he's done there. He doesn't die wondering. And, uh, yeah, I think it's good for the sport. There's been some um, extremities, like one minute you're sitting in the sofa and the next minute, Oilsy and I are cuddling each other in a cold wind in New Jersey in a grandstand. Um, and uh, in- You obviously liked it because you're doing it with Corbs yeah. again now. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a tight staff here. We've got a yeah. pretty tight staff. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot of bonding in Maui, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. There's definitely some differences, that's for sure. And, and DC, what about when you first came over and it is a new group? I know you you knew a few of the lads and you may, they may have been training a bit in Australia, some of them before, but how was it bringing that group together? And I think maybe the Japanese experience may have helped because, you, you, you know, you work with such different levels there. But obviously, not just the, 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 the talent, the game plan, but the culture that you guys have built is, uh, you know, looks fantastic from the outside. So how did you go about that? Yeah, we um, were probably pretty fortunate in that. Like uh, when we got to Maui, the first week or two was pretty much just purely our American-based players. We still had visa issues with some guys from mm-hmm. from overseas. Was, there's always delays with getting foreigners in. So we got sort of a week to two weeks with just the American-based players. So 
that was a great opportunity for us to get to know them, to bring them up to speed on our, on our systems and our calling structures and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously when you get some of those big dogs come in later, they just take a lot less to, to get up to speed. So from that, the staggered arrival actually worked really well for us. I sort of spent the first period working with them guys and then you come in and and you're getting your quarterback and Ashley Cooper and Dano and all those blokes on song. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think culture, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a buzzword, I know, but things like team spirit and team camaraderie are always things that I've really enjoyed. And, and sometimes I try and lead them, sometimes I facilitate them. Uh, on the weekend, the boys uh, had the weekend off and they had a bit of a drink and I was – completely excluded from that so i know now that uh yeah you just got to you got to set them up at, at times to have fun and um but also get deep like uh i think you can accelerate the getting to know your process by uh some little exercises that get around people opening up i've never been afraid to sort of wear my heart on the sleeve and and sort of let them know my background and and all the trials and tribulations you get through and it's been a really cool journey getting to know everyone's background and and what hardships they've gone through there's been tears and laughter and all those sort of things and they then multiply as a as a tighter group and and I'd like to think um it's coming through on our performances and probably one of the best aspects of that was obviously we started pretty sharply with our offense but now we're I was so pleased with our Austin win because we we showed some real minerals and some real uh fortitude to defend how we did for such long periods and blokes were genuinely having a crack for each other so uh yeah from that side of things i can't argue how how things have sort of come together for us yeah yeah no it's um, and look they're, play, they're playing with a smile on the face and they're playing tough mm-hmm. and uh you know that's a good combination and uh, you know especially that defensive performance you know and i just think um ashley cooper's been brilliant in defense as well i mean he's not going to get so many of the headlines but he marshals the defense the shape of the centers he's challenging the rucks at the right time and uh yeah i just think that's brilliant coming from an overseas sort of name like that to 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 lead the lads in that way um just going back to um um coliseum mate have you got this may be you know someone else's realm but have you got like a target like an attendance target for later in the season or something you're working towards? Yeah, I guess, yeah, the the front office has has goals on that front. Um, I guess what I'm yeah, looking from afar, I think we've captured the the rugby population here in, in LA and, and surrounding districts, like whatever it was, three, 4,000 we've been getting are generally rugby fans. The, the trick now is to how we get out and grow that to the non-rugby fans and, yeah, and unfortunately, I'm sort of staying my lane guy. I'm not really sure how, how we're going to go about that. I, I just focus on getting the boys on the field and winning. But, yeah, I'm sure there's some goals around that. Um, but, yeah, I know Adam, the owner, has, has plans and he dreams big and many occasions they come off. But his vision is yeah. to have that place full one day. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. People will knock that. Uh, but... Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, they've obviously got to keep growing because he hasn't made hasn't made his money out of throwing it away forever. So at some point, yeah. it's gonna have to to bring a return for him in some aspects. So yeah, I'm sure that the front office has got a business plan. But numbers and figures, that's yeah, it's not my area. Yeah, yeah. It's just so exciting to think of that place full, you know, for for a big final or something of that nature. And you know, we always painted a picture to our players to dream big of these occasions and we'd go back through the history of the premiership you know like when I was playing it was in front of a shed you know yeah 
And it grew so quickly to, you know, Corbs, where Twickenham and Wembley games became the norm. And then you'd have six or seven games of 80,000 a year uh, before it's the finals. But it, I think, you know, with Gilchrist and what he's shown us so far and the vision and the way you guys are playing DC, you know, it is going to happen uh, someday. And it's just it's just huge for American rugby. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's what we want to do. And uh, yeah, we're out spruiking it. We're, uh, we're uh, meeting people. We've got players out giving out tickets and flyers and, and all that sort of stuff and funnily enough I was in a I was in a bar on Friday night and it's unusual to find me in a bar on a Friday night but um I was on this occasion and uh got chatting with this fellow next to me and he said oh you're from Australia he said I like the All Blacks I said mate that's not us <laughs> but uh that's not right <laughs> I like him as well um and then uh then he went on and said oh, I went to a rugby game at SoFi the other week I, I like my rugby and there's a new professional team in LA it was pretty cool. Just a random guy sitting in a bar next yeah. to had been to our yeah. game. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so for me to see that little thing happen, because I haven't had that happen so far, and yeah. uh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing in San Diego. Obviously, it's much smaller and a bit beach town, but once you start seeing people wearing the gear out and recognising the players and that, it's like a, you know, a pretty proud moment because you, you know, you're creating something from scratch. So, um, yeah. I think uh, I think the main thing that's going to do that is the boys turning up in their uh, undies for the game. That's going to be handing out the flyers. Yeah, that, that's, one, that's that's one thing I haven't had much to do with. But uh, no, I, you don't fancy it. I think that could be a good a big uh, billboard on Hollywood of all the coaches in their uh, budgie smugglers. Oh, that is such little tickets. You wouldn't see my budgie with my uh, <laughs> my overhang at the moment. Um, yeah, no. I'm sorry. Is that I wouldn't mind. If, wrong I wouldn't mind if the boys spend an, uh, the same amount of time analysing their opposition as they do on their Instagram. But uh, <laughs> they do. Uh, they, they do. Hang that's LA life. Yeah. Oh, I thought just the most important question of the day, though, is you know DC of, of all the scrum coaches you've worked with. I'm sure you've had a long, <laughs> long, long career of scrum coaches. Let me just. You know, lube you up a little just oh, to make geez. sure, just to make sure we get you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can have a go at this. Yeah, I do, I do go. got to ride my push bike. We just home wanted, tonight, yeah, but... he's got to ride his bike home, so he's limited to one gillies. But, um, you know, what do you think of the scrum coach you have this year? Oh, geez. Um, they're a special breed, aren't they, scrum coaches? Like everyone, I've had mad Argentinians walking on top of the scrum, I've had a French one that's, um, but. Corbs is definitely the maddest. DC, mate, it's an absolute pleasure to work with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, the product you guys put on the field. I, I love the working environment and everything you've created here. And I think you're a top bloke. And thank you so much for coming on the pod, uh, cracking the gillies with us and, and enjoying a yarn. And we look forward to having you, uh, hopefully soon enough, we'll be in person and be able to sit down and have a good bit of bands. No, be good. Keep up the good work, boys. It's, uh, it's a great show to listen to. I get half my hour. Uh, Half my intellectual property from listening to you guys pull the other games. It saves me a lot of hours on the video, so uh, keep it up. <laughs> Love your work. All right, that's a wrap on this week's State of the Union. Really appreciate Darren Coleman coming on. It was a little tight. It was a little packed in here, but for him to give up a bit of his time and come on this pod, I really appreciate it. We try and keep it as partial as possible, but at the same time, there's no way to ignore that I scrum coach at the LA Guiltinis. For everyone out there, we really appreciate all your support. We just want to remind you to keep sharing, favoriting, liking, retweeting, restoring our content on Instagram at, at the American Rugby Show, on Twitter at, at the Am Rugby Show, and on across platforms, your friends, family, anywhere you can spread the word. We really appreciate it. The pod is building. Our following is growing. 
Our socials are growing. We really appreciate all your support. For if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you, or you're watching us on our YouTube or on the Rugby Network, we really appreciate all the support. Keep an eye out for this week's Eagle Watch, where we have none other than Nate Ebner. Yes, Super Bowl winning Nate Ebner. Yes, Rugby Olympian Nate Ebner. Myself and USA Women's Sevens co-captain Abby Gostinas sit down with him on this uh, week's Eagle Watch. It's a face-to-face, nice interview. We filmed it in person. Please check it out on wherever you listen or watch these podcasts. We really appreciate the support. It's definitely Don't Miss TV or audio. We get into his book, Finish Strong, which is just released, which is his details, his life story, and really his, his sort of childhood and relationship with his dad and love for rugby and why he is back trying to make this 2021 Olympics, which is 2020 in Tokyo. Tune that in. We'll see you again soon. Lastly, a big thank you for this week's show, which was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.